Welcome everyone once again to the Immigrant's Journey podcast. Today we bring you the talented Esther Io James sharing her story of building a life in Ireland in the arts as an actress and a voiceover artist. She's just wrapped up the five-star multi-award nominated play Vessel about women's bodies, labels, and rebels. And we are going to be chatting with Lester, Esther about all of the above and what her next steps are. Esther, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Absolutely. So I always ask about my guest's background. Where were you born? Where's your family from? And what was it like when you first came to Ireland? Okay, so um, I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and that's where my family is from. And I moved to Ireland when I was seven. And um, it was an experience. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold, <laughs> but um, it was interesting trying to just navigate a new a new place. It felt a bit like, um, I guess, like an adventure. But I was seven, you know, you don't really know what's going on. It was just like, okay, I'm leaving my friends and I'm going to this new place. That's different. So it was... Um, it was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Very much so. De- definitely. As actually, I was the exact same age as you when I went from Brazil to the United States. So yeah, you don't really, you don't really know any different because you kind of just do whatever your parents tell you. So it's like, cool, we're going to a new place. But I remember being super shy in school because of the language barrier. I don't know if you had English when you came to Ireland, but I had none when I went to the United States. And that was a bit of a challenge for me. What was your experience like? I can imagine. Yeah, I, I did have English. So English is um the first language in Nigeria colonized by the British. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um, so yeah, I did have English coming into Ireland. But I was um, a bit of a a bit of a quirky kid. I still probably am a bit of a quirky person. So when I started school, I had um, shaved my head, which I also did about oh, two years wow. ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I started school with like a Nigerian accent, this little like bald girl um, who <laughs> spoke her mind with her accent. So I think it, it probably threw people a little bit because I was not shy at all at all um but i was just odd <laughs> i was a little bit odd <laughs> so yeah it, it was definitely interesting seeing um how people reacted because i don't i don't think they knew what to do with the entire ball of energy that i was <laughs> a kid that wouldn't <laughs> shut up <laughs> but um yeah it, it was it was definitely interesting starting out a new school and everything um i think my family was one of the first few families um uh, black people even in in the school I think there might have been two other families oh, wow. um so mm. it was a it was definitely a very new experience settling into a new culture um knowing that you're you know you're a minority and like everybody else knows that so it's not like a secret you're not like a secret <laughs> a secret minority wait or, a minute <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like well everybody knows this and I know this so how do we handle this and um that was I think it made me very kind of aware from a young age that you know I'm different then there are also other different people and like how do they handle that how do they navigate being in spaces where it's obvious that they're different so that other people know and then you know dealing with that so yeah it made me very aware from a young age it was yeah and do you think that being an outgoing person do you think it helped you to make friends and integrate into Irish culture or were people just kind of a bit standoffish at first um I think people were probably a little bit standoffish at first just because um I think when you're when you're like when you come into contact with something that you've 
you've not kind of faced before it's it might be a bit scary depending on like the type of person that you are but one the thing is maybe shouting in your face (laughs) not that I was shouting in people's faces but I was I was not shy in the least um and I think initially people were like whoa what like what's going on but then I think for the most part like if you've got like good intentions and like um a desire to to integrate I suppose in a way to like learn about the other people and if you're willing to share, I think that was probably the biggest um, blessing that I had. My mom is kind of like a very warm, welcoming, everybody come to our house kind of a person. So I got mm. to share a lot of my culture with like um, people from school that decided um, that they wouldn't be afraid of the new girl. And um, I made friends that way. And like people like got to see, um, I don't know what what my culture was like, actually. I think I wasn't afraid at all to show off my culture. I was very proud. <laughs> um, still That's am really very proud. cool. So it made it easier to integrate. Definitely. Yeah, I didn't have that experience at all. Like my parents are very reserved. We were never allowed to have anybody in the house. I think in 14 years that I was in regular school, Mm -hmm. I had a friend over maybe like three, four times. It was usually just kind of like cousins and stuff that were allowed. Yeah. So it's, it's... Were you allowed to go to like sleepovers and like go over to your friends' houses and stuff? Or what was that like for you as well? No, definitely not. Uh, I was allowed sleepovers in cousin's house. I was mm-hmm. allowed to sleep over once in my friend's house when I was in eighth grade. So I was already like 14, quite uh-huh. a bit older. But when I was younger, yeah, it was quite a cloistered situation. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but you learn. Do, you re- do you remember, I'm sure you do, because like your mom hosted your friends over and you were saying that you got to share your culture with them. What do you miss the most about Nigeria? Oh, um, I miss the weather. <laughs> I, know I it can't has imagine. Nothing to do with the culture, but I miss the weather so much. <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely very, very different. But outside of that, which is probably a little bit obvious, um, <laughs> I miss family. I miss um community. Um, not that not that I don't have community over here. Um, I, I'm really privileged in the sense that like my nuclear family is here, both my parents and my sisters. Um, we all grew up together here. But um, the the feeling of having like grandparents um nearby mm. or uncles and aunties. Um, I only had like one actual like blood family like uncle and auntie that lived in Cork, and like oh, wow. they they didn't move to Cork for a while after we were there. So outside of that. It was very much just my family. I feel really privileged because I'm super close to my sisters, super, super close to my family. But I always felt like I was missing out on um, the relationship with an extended family. So I think that's probably what I missed the most, just being able to be like, oh, we're going to go see our grandparents this weekend. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I had the same thing. Like I was super close to my aunt, my father's sister. And when I was seven, she married a lad from Argentina and moved away. And then we moved away to America. And I never saw her again for, I think, like 17, 18 years. And it was so sad because she was like my second mommy. And I absolutely adored her. So that's one of the tragedies of moving away from your immediate family. Yeah. You it, those it, close connections. You really do. It can be tough. It can be tough. And I think trying to build those back up in an older age is... um. It's something that you have to do intentionally and it can be a little bit difficult because yes. you, you don't necessarily know them to be the same person and you're not necessarily the same person. Um, exactly. Yeah. I'm currently trying to do that and like making sure that I ring my grandparents once a week. And um, even then it's difficult, you know, 
because it's like, hey, how are you? How's work? Whatever. But then I feel like there's it's very surface level to an extent. So, yes. Yeah. Things like that. I definitely miss. You've come up in a different culture. And I suppose your life experiences compared to your grandparents are so different now that it is different to connect if you had had you grown up in Nigeria. Growing up here, when did you discover a love for the arts, for acting, for performance? What was that like? Um, that's really interesting, Carmen, because um, I'm 27 now, and I think it was only um, three years ago that I discovered like an intentional love for it. I think it was always kind of bubbling mm. in the back of my mind. One of my first memories um, was my dad got a camcorder. I think I would, I just turned eight and it was one of those big, big bulky like video recorder things. And yeah. um, um, my friends in the neighborhood, like, you know, neighborhood kids come around and it's like, are you coming out? Are you not? Whatever. And summer times we would just play. And I literally remember like... <laughs> making essentially directing a little thing and making them be like stand here and then say this and then say that and like trying to film it like in a way that I wasn't cutting but I was like editing as I filmed but um that's hilarious because that's one of my first memories but I didn't think it was like a career that I could have I didn't think it was like something that Mm. real human people could do for a living if that makes sense um yeah and also, I mean, I, I'm African, so it's not necessarily like encouraged to have a career in the arts in general. Yeah. Um, so I just I didn't think about it, to be honest. Um, I never even brought it up. I just didn't think it was something that was possible. And then towards the end of university, it was something that I thought about more and more. And then I went to college in Scotland. And when I moved back to Ireland, I was like, yep, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it out. So it's only been three years that I've actually been um, actively you know, pursuing a career in the arts. So I feel like nice I'm, I'm a little baby girl into it. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still <laughs> new. <laughs> and in the past three years, what, obviously besides the pandemic, cause that's a very obvious one, but what are some of the obstacles and the things that you have to kind of navigate in order to get yourself out there? Um, yeah, definitely pandemic because it was a big thing um, that happened at the end of my um, study in Bow Street. But I think apart from that, the biggest thing is um, conquering imposter syndrome. And I know it's a very personal mm. thing, but everybody experiences it, I suppose, to some degree. Yes. But for me in this career, that's been the biggest thing being like, actually, I can do this. And actually, I'm, I'm working hard and I deserve to be here. And and, you know, like I was saying, I feel very much like a baby girl in the space. So I know there's like veterans and people who know what they're doing and have been doing it for such a long time. And being like, OK, I'm in a room with, with people that I know <laughs> I know have been doing this for maybe longer than I've been alive. But still being mm. like, you know what? I'm worthy. <laughs> I'm worthy of being here. You know what I mean? And it's like I, I, I worked to get into the room and now I'm in the room and that's OK, too. I think that's probably been yep. the biggest thing for me. Yeah. And I think there's something really amazing when you're working with people who do have that extra experience. There's so much you can learn from them. And if they have a generous spirit, they'll absolutely welcome you and give you tips and just share what they know. So hopefully you've had a positive experience with that is very true. Yeah. With to be honest, pets. I have. And I think that's why um, nothing else came to mind when you were asking about, you know, the hurdles or things that I've had to conquer because it's it's been myself. I've had to conquer myself, Carmen. <laughs> so I've come across <laughs> a, a lot of lovely, lovely people. So yeah, it's just been me. 
<laughs> so do you actually have a process for overcoming like the blocks that you put up for yourself or how does that work for you? Um, I think it just depends on what the actual thing is. Um, I do. I like to think I'm very observant. So I do a lot of like overthinking probably for the most part. So I really think I'm like, <laughs> what is this thing? So I try to think about whether it's the the issue itself or whatever I'm I'm facing or if it's my perception of it. Um, mm. So I, I suppose that's that's the process. First of all, I just try to decipher what it is, whether it's the thing or whether it's me. And then if it's the thing, I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to make it better? And then if it's me, I have to be like, okay, girl, do you need to work harder? Do you need to stress like less? Like, what is it that I need to do to just be like, it's fine. And then I, I attempt to do that. I don't always succeed, but I do attempt. And um, it, it, it seems to have been working out not too bad so far. Yeah, well, if you don't try, it's never going to happen. So trying is like half of it, I think. That's true. That's so true. Showing up. What do you feel the arts can contribute to people's lives? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I, I think, oh, I think the arts, I think they can contribute everything, literally everything to a person's life. But I think imagination, first of all, because if you can imagine anything, then like it can become a reality for you. So I think yes. that's what the arts does. I think that's the, the, the biggest power that the arts have, because, um, you know, in whatever story that's told, you get to see a different part of a different side to life than maybe you've ever like experienced or even considered yes. that you would ever experience. And then it, it kind of it opens up your imagination to see the world as bigger than what you would have seen it before, what you know it to be. And I think that is such a power in itself. And I, I think the arts are more powerful than like, you know, politics or, or um, you know, I wanted to say media, but I suppose that's a form of arts. But you know what I mean? More so than the things that yes. like are presented to you. The arts are, make you believe that like there are things within your, your reach that you can do yeah. That can literally change the world, I guess. Like, I just I just think the arts are like the most beautiful, most beautiful thing that humans have is, is that the, the, the ability to tell stories and the ability to take from that what you will that relates to Absolutely. you. And imagine things that currently aren't but could possibly be and just inspire people, which I think is a really amazing thing. And also the the empathy aspect of it, like especially as an actor, you have to put yourself in the place of this character that may be absolutely nothing like you. And now you have to be like, well, what makes this, you know, individual tick? And it just kind of gets your mind thinking in a way that most people don't. Most people don't try to empathize on a deep level in terms of understanding why certain people think and behave the way that they do. They either find somebody agreeable, disagreeable, annoying, cool, whatever. It's just very surface level. But if you're actually portraying a character and bringing it to life, you go much deeper into their psyche and who they are. I think that's a really cool aspect of acting. Yeah, certainly. It's it's really my favorite thing about it, to be honest, because I think that like everybody has a story, no matter like, you know, how good or bad or um as you say, cool or not cool or whatever it may be that, you know, a person is. I think sometimes we forget as individuals that like um, every single person is like the main character in their own story. 
same way that we're the main character in our own story and we're living our lives through our eyes um but every single person is doing the same and like sometimes it just takes for you to like take a step back and to be like oh okay yeah that person really is experiencing life in the same way that i am not necessarily going Mm. through the same experiences but like the human experience itself they're also having that and um i just think it's phenomenal that like i get to do this thing for a living that like (laughs) i get to experience like you know like go through different people's experiences essentially and like really get to assess what it is to be that person as a main character and like everything that comes with that you know everything that they're feeling, the things that they're hoping for, the things that they're wishing for, the things that they dislike about themselves and understand like on a deeper level that everybody has that going on. And I, I do think that if everybody realized that about everybody else um, and had that level of empathy, the world could possibly be a better place. <laughs> possibly. Been, yeah, it could at least be a little bit more chilled out about how judgmental we can be. <laughs> at the very least. <laughs> at the very least, for sure. Yeah. Well, what do you personally want to contribute as an artist in the world? I think I think that's what what I would like to contribute actually just to be able to for somebody to see like a piece of art that I create and be like, "Oh, okay, I'm inspired to either do something or most actually I think is I'm inspired to see another person as human as in they're also going through this human experience." Mm, so definitely. Yeah, helping people to like I don't even know if I can say helping really, to be honest, because it is it is what it is. But the idea of somebody seeing another person as human or being touched in a kind of in a way that they wouldn't have before seeing whatever, you know, the artwork is um, or seeing whatever the art form is and being like, okay, I'm more willing to accept another person because I understand to a degree that they're just going through this life experience like I am also. Yeah. I think that's a really powerful thing to see that representation in whatever form it takes. What is your favorite type of story and why? That's a great question. Um, I think my favorite type of story is the kind of subtle story of everyday living. (laughs) Okay, nice oh, it one. It sounds so lame, but it's so true. I'm obsessed with like these indie films that like you don't necessarily like there's not any major action or anything. It's just like a person living, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or like or like a family living or a couple just living. Um and I think the reason why I love those kind of stories is because I don't there's there's just a, a reality to it. I understand that like um audiences, some audiences go to um you know, cinemas or whatever for the sense of, you know, escaping their own lives. But I think there's something about seeing another person or another, yeah, another person's life in just the regular way that ours happens on a daily basis and just seeing how people handle, you know, the day to day. There's something about that that I think is just incredibly magical. Um, yeah, that in, in a way that I can't put words around. That is genuine. I love. I just love <laughs> to see the day to day. I just love to see how people live life. Really, to be honest. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite story form. It's really cool. And can we talk about the play vessel that you just did? Because that sounded really interesting. Yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, it was written by. Laura, Laura Wyatt, and she wrote this story that was essentially like 
she actually wrote it before the um the referendum for okay. yeah before the abortion referendum the um repeal the eighth referendum and it's it's funny because she said that it's changed so much over the time um over the time that she wrote it between the time that she wrote it and the referendum but it was actually based around the referendum so it was a thing where she nearly like saw into the future of like what <laughs> what could possibly happen but the story is around um a young woman who essentially gets pregnant to have an abortion um as part of her own personal um i suppose like rebellion against you know the eighth amendment i think it was it was a thing where she was like yeah i'm i'm just i'm over everything that's going on in the country and i think there needs to be something stronger said there needs to be somebody speaking out more and like her actions then were her own personal rebellion then so it was it's a very very powerful story i played um sarah who was the journalist that essentially like published the story and it was fascinating because you got to see how this this law essentially in ireland affected like so many different people and the stance she took on it you got to see how it affected her partner how it affected um her boss you got to see how it affected her mother her sister you got to see how it affected um the family of the of the girl that she did it for so it it was it was really one of those things where it's like okay you're getting to to hear a story one that you might have heard other similar stories and similar stories like it but you got to see so many different angles. Um, yeah, Laura mm. Wyatt O'Keefe is incredible. But um, yeah, you just got to see so many different angles. And really, it was super challenging, um, the story itself. And, and to play to play that part, because it, it made me question my own my own stance on on abortion and um, the law in Ireland and everything as well. So, yeah, it was very, very powerful. Yeah, sounds like it was an interesting experience for you, both personally and professionally. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, it's not available to watch anymore, which is such a shame because... I I was about to ask, that was going to be my next question. What happens to plays once they are done? Is it recorded? Is it distributed? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? That's such a good question. I think there's something about like um, the live art of it all that like um, a lot of people love theater Mm. for. But it was recorded because it was kind of just towards the end of the pandemic time so people were able to watch it online um as well as when we were doing the tour but unfortunately it's no longer available i'm not sure if laura laura white or keith will be doing anything else with it but um i don't know we just have to wait and see but for now unfortunately it's not available but um yeah it, it was really really fantastic and i would recommend everybody to to watch it if it comes back around hopefully it does hopefully it does absolutely so what do you want the next steps to be for your career? Do you want to stay in Ireland? Do you want to move to the UK, America? Like, what are you thinking? Um, I think I definitely want to stay in Ireland. I think um, I, I moved back to Ireland for for the reason of of continuing the craft here, or of like even starting up the craft here, really, to be honest, because I was like, I know Ireland. I know accents. I know Irish accents. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, like, I, I love Ireland. Like, I you know, this is where I grew up. I feel like I... I know my way around, you know, I understand the culture and things like that. And I, I'm comfortable here. I also want to like, 
you know, create representation here because there's not a lot of, you know, black actresses in Ireland. True. And uh, like, maybe if I'd seen a black actress in Ireland when I was younger, I might have realized that this is something that, that could have been done and I wouldn't have, you know, <laughs> done, done a degree so in something else. You know what I mean? Like, my yes. life might have been totally different <laughs> if, if, if I saw more of that. So I, I'd love to be... Um, you know, to be that representation that I that I needed to see at the time. Um, mm. And I, I do think there's a lot of a lot of great stories um, coming out now. I think in general, there are more stories, more diverse stories being told um, all over the world, but in Ireland as well. And I would love to be a part of that storytelling process here. Um, and I'd love to get to tell stories myself, you know, and tell stories of, you know, people who weren't necessarily born here and then again people that were born here that look like me you know and um yes to make a difference so i'd like to stay here i would also love to um get jobs in the uk and the us if anybody's hiring like i will do a tape for you i will definitely do a tape for you <laughs> but um yeah i definitely want ireland to be my base because i love it here i do yeah it's, it's a great little place it's i it's home to me as well what do you wish you knew when you first started your career that you know now um, I wish I knew that that rejection was real. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> yes. It's so hilarious to say because I, I thought I knew. I thought I was like, yeah, I'm tough. You know, I've got tough skin. I can handle rejection. It's fine. But I'm not going to lie. Like after the first year or so, when I was like, oh, my God, why does it hurt so much? <laughs> and I really started to do a thing where I would like write down all the possible things that like I taped for or whatever and I'd have a note I'd be like okay got this or like you know got an in-person audition or whatever just so that I could see like the law of averages like hopefully working yes. out over time because it really did it was starting to affect me quite a bit and I was like oh maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this or you know maybe it's just because I'm not actually good at this and you know there was a lot of things so I think i I really wish I knew that, like, I'm, I'm sure I'll know more, even like the more I get in, the, the more I do this career and the older I get in it, I'm sure I'll realize even more that there will be even more rejections. But I do wish, <laughs> I, I definitely do wish when I started out that I realized just how much rejection there was. There's a lot of rejection. It's like, you know, I'm very, very happy if somebody says yes to me because I know that like, okay, this might be the, you know, this might be the only one for another, another while. Like, So I'm yeah. basking this. So yeah, that was something, that is something that I definitely wish I knew. Yeah, it takes a lot of bravery to put yourself out there and be like, okay, this is me trying to portray that. And it's like, yeah, no, honey, next. It's like, fuck, <laughs> yeah. what? Exactly. <laughs> and you have to realize it's not even about you. It's just about yeah. what they're looking for. And yeah, you learn that over time, though, you do. I do wish I knew that before, to be honest. But I'm here now and I've learned. <laughs> I've learned exactly. for sure. Exactly. One final question for you. What's the best advice you have for upcoming young actors? I'm I'm going to steal from Nike and say just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like you just have to do it. Like it's it, it's really really um it's scary. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying yeah. if you if you want to do it. Um but as soon as you decide to do it, just do it and keep doing it. And that's all. That's literally all it takes is to do it every day, show up and keep doing it. And eventually, yeah. like, it works out. And it always does. 
always. But yeah, def- definitely in, in the words of Nike, just do it. <laughs> Sir, thank you so much. I think that's wonderful advice for like any ambition that a person has, because the more you keep at something, the more you develop a skill at it, the more you network and the more you put your tentacles out there, the more, you know, opportunity you create for yourself. 110%. That's so true. That's fantastic. So Esther, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can people find you and your work? Okay. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I am on Instagram. It is at A-J-A-Y-M-Z on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's Miss E-A James. That's M-S-E-A James, J-A-M-E-S on, on Twitter. And yeah, you'll, you'll find everything that I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to be better with social media. So I'm definitely posting a lot more. And um, yeah, you'll find everything on there on those two platforms. That is fantastic. We'll stick it all up in the show notes for you guys to check it out. And thank you again, Esther, for coming on. And thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Have a wonderful week, everyone. And until the next journey, ciao.